Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week, we look at Lesson 8, Ministering Like Jesus, in preparation for Sabbath, August 22nd. Let's find out how we can mirror ministry like the Master. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. All right, welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast, Lesson 8, Ministering Like Jesus. And our memory text starts off like this, found in Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. When he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Michael, what does this tell us about how to minister like Jesus? Well, I I just love, you know, this description here of Jesus, that Jesus really genuinely cared for people. And I, I think that's really what it's all about. Jesus was authentic in his love and care and compassion for others. Yes, he he absolutely was. And I I love that word. Uh, He was moved with compassion. Compassion there is this word that's weird, but it's splagitomai, which means that he was moved from his bowels to do something for them. So deep within, inside oneself. Exactly. The seed of, uh, uh, in the Western mindset, the seed of emotion or the seed of compassion actually comes from the heart. But the seed of, of compassion and, and moving actually comes from the bowels and the Jewish mindset. And, you know, sometimes we get butterflies in our stomach. Well, this is kind of that same idea that he was moved to do something. I think that's the most important thing to take away. We need to be moved to do something. All right. Yeah, so I love it. And, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, you. Uh, well, I was just going to say one of my all-time favorite Ellen White quotes is right here on the, at the beginning of this, week, of the, this week's lesson. Um, and I just want to read it again, just for emphasis. Please do Christ's so. method alone will give true success in reaching the people. The Savior mingled with men as one who desires their good. He showed his sympathy for them, ministered to their needs, and won their confidence. Then he bade them follow me. Amen. You know, that, that actually moves us towards uh, baiting people to follow us, uh, follow Jesus, not us. Uh, Jesus' attitude towards people. Can you tell us a little bit about Sunday's lesson? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, Jesus, um, is, he was relating to others. You know, it's interesting how uh, the contrast between Jesus and the leaders of his day, uh, you know, the book, Desire of Ages, Ellen White makes just these stark contrasts. You can't help but see as you read through the Gospels. It's true. You know, uh, the Jewish leaders that had just basically made religion very artificial and hollow and external, and yet Jesus was the opposite of that. And you just see how... Jesus transformed everyone he met. Um, and, you know, the lesson points out, you know, Jesus, you know, ate with sinners and stuff like that. Um, what a beautiful picture of the, you know, ruler of the universe um, who comes to this earth is incarnated and is willing. And he just has this message of redemption uh, for anyone that's willing to hear and listen to what he has to say. And I think that's kind of what the, the text is for Sunday as well. Okay. What, what, what were those texts? So well, Matthew chapter 5, uh, verses 13 and 14, and it says, You are the salt of the earth, mm. but if the salt loses saltiness, how can it be salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled, trampled under your foot. 
you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. So these metaphors of salt and light, I just love it. Jesus, you know, the way he was, he was just contagious in his gospel message. Amen. I, I, I love, I heard a message on this, and the minister said, savor the flavor of the Savior, you know? <laughs> that is what, that's what we are, <laughs> like the that. flavor, but we actually carry with us the, the flavor of Christ and that's what uh, that's what makes us useful to the world. So I I, I love this uh, illustration that Mark Finley put forth. Yeah, very cool. Well, moving right on along with uh, Monday's lesson, how did how did Jesus treat people, Buster? So I I, I love this as well. Matthew chapter eight uh, shares with us a, a couple of things uh, that we can look at. I'm turning here in the New King James Version. And this is actually the faith of the centurion. And those who have never read this story before or have never heard of it before, there's a, a person who's a Gentile, basically, and he comes to Jesus, but he believes in his power so much so that he says him, he says uh, uh, here in verse 9 of chapter 8, he says, For I am also a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another one, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And so we see that Jesus ministered to people that are outside of his context, but he was also pleased with faith that they had in him. And Mark 12, uh, 34 speaks very similarly. He tells the scribe who comes to him and asks him, what is the greatest commandment? And when Jesus shares with them, uh, loving your neighbor as yourself and to love the Lord your God with all your heart, uh, soul, mind, and strength. He says, oh, I believe all these things. He tells them, you're not so far off from the kingdom of heaven. And so he actually fills them with hope, but he speaks directly to them. Even though these are the, one was a Jew and one was a Gentile, Jesus still treated them and cared about them and treated them as individuals. So as uh, Jesus treated them with uh, as individuals, Michael, um, yeah, it gets here a little bit more down deeper in Isaiah forty-two uh, verse three and Colossians four five and six and Ephesians four fifteen. It talks about the vital principles of about sharing faith with others and about our relationship uh, uh, relationship with them. So uh, basically, this this part of the lesson is telling us that our faith can actually inspire faith in others, but it's up to us, like Jesus, to minister to people on an individual level. Yeah, and I especially like the passage in Colossians chapter 4, verse 5, which you just uh, referenced. and talks about making the most of every opportunity. So uh, whatever opportunities, it may not be like the most glorious um, or even the most sublime feelings, but within our circle of influence, uh, to use those moments, to share God's love, His grace with other people. Amen. And I don't think we could put a better wrap on Monday's lesson than that. So let's get into part one of Jesus's healing ministry. Uh, that's a Tuesday's lesson. Yeah, and there's uh, two great examples. Uh, there's the example of the paralytic. I'm not going to read through the whole thing, but uh, basically uh, the key moment is when he sees this paralyzed man uh, lying on a mat, and Jesus uh, says to him, uh, take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. And and then people all around are just uh, taking umbrage and just like they're just in, in shock that Jesus would do this. And um, Jesus responds, uh, why do you entertain evil in your heart? Is it, uh, which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or just say, get up and walk? And so 
I think, I think Jesus just keeps bringing back home the point that uh, as we, you know, usually we tend to think of the physical healing being the harder, more difficult thing to do, but really the, the truly miraculous thing that happens is when our hearts are changed and melted by the love and grace of God. It's it, That is so true, and I, I don't think you could put it any better than that. It's these individual lives that matter. It, it really is. Yeah, and the same thing happens all over again with the woman with the issue of blood. Same kind of story. People are just astounded. They're shocked that Jesus would do that. And in this case, all she had to do was touch the hem of his garment, and um, she would she would be healed. And and she was. And and of course, Jesus uh, uses this as this teachable moment. You know, who touched my garment? And um, and then uh, brings. Uh, the punchline at the very end is they have this conversation, daughter, your faith has healed you. So it wasn't even the touching, physical touching, but it was her faith, her belief um, in what Christ was able to do. Go in peace and be free from your suffering. And, and I love that Jesus transforms lives. Um, and, and he's, he's no, uh, you know, he, he doesn't, uh, it's not playing favorites or anything like that. Jesus is an equal opportunity um, and, and bringing every person who, who would, who's willing, uh, the, the gospel, uh, the message of salvation. Amen. You know, it, it just reminds me, he came to seek and save those who were lost, whether they were inside of the house of Israel or outside the house of Israel. Absolutely. Well, uh, moving right on uh, with uh, Jesus's healing ministry, you know, kind of continues with some more examples. Buster, um, tell us a little bit more, uh, some additional examples that, that our lesson goes over. Yeah, so uh, Matthew four twenty three to 25 is talking about Jesus' healing, healing ministry, part two. And it correlates with Matthew nine thirty five, And they both are, are talking about the same thing. I'll, I'll read four twenty three, And Jesus went about Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of diseases among the people. And it talks about the great multitude that followed him afterwards as a result of him going about doing ministry. But then 935, now you'll notice this is right before our memory text, which is 936. It says, then Jesus uh, went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing every sickness and every disease among the people. And it was then that he was actually moved by compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like a sheep having no shepherd. And something I, I gathered here, Michael, is that you do ministry by do, doing ministry. <laughs> you have to be with the yeah. people. Uh, you know, I know we love to talk about the prayer life of Jesus, but uh, he, he had this path that was, that was withered and torn uh, all throughout his life. He spent the time on the mountain with, with the Father, but then he walked down from the mountain to the valley with the people and he ministered to them. And you see this path. We need both in our lives. And a lot of us love to stay on the mountain, but we need to walk down from the mountain and actually be with the people in order to minister to them and with them. Yeah, you know, it's, it's very interesting. Throughout Christian history, there's been movements to try to, these ascetic movements to go live in a mountaintop or on the top of, in the early Christian church, there's a guy that lived on top of a pole for years on end, you know, yeah. uh, Simon was, you know, and um, all those kinds of physical feats, the great feats, um, don't really actually make you a more spiritual person. No, they um, don't. Authentic, genuine Christianity is engaging and interacting with, with other people. 
you know, uh, the lesson actually brings up that, that point, Michael, which is being with people, but also it talks about Jesus being with God, but then actually coming down to minister to the people. And once again, you see this cycle that happens that we need to upkeep in our, in our own lives. And so with that, with that being said, we want to make sure that we're doing the things that we're doing for the correct reasons. And so can you tell us what matters to Jesus, Michael? Absolutely. There's this great passage in Matthew chapter 25, and it's also, I would argue, an often misunderstood passage. Ooh. It talks about the sheep and the goats. Yes. And that at the very end of time, they'll be separated. And, and I've met some Christians along the way that have said it's their job to do the separating. They, no. you know, they feel that they're the sheep and therefore that they will determine who is good and not good and rebuke those who are not up to their standards. And, and actually, that's a fundamental misreading of this passage because it says that Jesus is the one who does it at the second coming that will truly separate the sheep and the goats. And I, I think that should give us all a, a little pause for humility that, um, that we don't, our story is not finished yet. And so if we want to be among those sheep, those who are uh, Christ's true followers, um, when he comes, uh, we need to listen and, and, and uh, watch faithfully and, and not worry about who the goats are. Um, yeah, God will take true. care of those in his own timing. Right. Yeah. You and, know, and, and, and that's it. I was going to say that makes a direct correlation with the parable of the wheat and tares as well, which is they're going to grow up together. And yes, uh, the the angels are going to be the ones that actually separate, right? Yep. Uh, Absolutely right. So so continue. I couldn't agree more, Buster. Yeah, I was going to say continue on with your thought. I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, no, you're good. Uh, Those who are listening, we're doing a little bit COVID safe. We're we're actually physically separated and uh, doing this through the phone, through our, uh, thanks to technology, but it's a little bit trickier trying to do it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. But we're, we're making it work. Absolutely. So anyways, uh, moving right along here, uh, at the end of this passage, um, the king, talking referring to Christ, come who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance So the ones that are rewarded. It says, I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, you clothed me. I was sick, you looked after me. I was in prison, you came to visit me. And, uh, you know, um, and then turns to the others, those that want to seek entrance in the kingdom of God, and says, hey, did you do this? And uh, then, tragically, there's this, this, this verse, this haunting words of Jesus uh, that, uh, I, I, basically, I never knew you. Um, so, um, you know, Jesus looks for us to live incarnational lives in the moments around us. And sometimes some of the seemingly mundane or even inconvenient moments, uh, when people are in the midst of great need and crisis, uh, God's saying that, hey, uh, pay attention. These are the moments when you truly do ministry in my name. Yeah, you know, those are the words I never want to hear. Depart from me. I never knew you. And so yeah. let me ask you, I'm going to put you on the spot right now, Michael. How is it we yeah. can live a life where we never never hear those words? Well, I, you know, I think it's by a life of surrender, listening to the Spirit of God and, um, and, and not making Christianity about merely just going to church and outward forms, but, but looking for uh, sometimes those inconvenient truths in uh, in moments in our lives when it may not necessarily be convenient, and um, but God's love compels us. It means it's not forcing us, it 
compelling means it motivates us, it moves us to act on behalf of God. And I think there's only God's love that can do that by surrendering our heart, letting God's love change us each and every day. We have to constantly surrender. Um, and God will, through His Spirit, I believe, convict us when there are those moments when we need to feed people, to minister to people, whatever it may be, visit people in prison, but whatever, you. the Holy Spirit will convict us. Uh, but it's God's love, God's love that will motivate us. Yeah, you know, uh, the more I was looking at this, the more I realized, uh, and, and the part of this, I'm working on my uh, uh, doctoral project for this, which is so many times we're afraid to be in the presence of God uh, because yeah. we don't see God correctly. We don't know God. And so the only way for him not to say, depart from me, I don't know you, is for us to get to know him <laughs> and uh, willingly yeah. know him. And you're exactly right, Michael, which is through surrender and intentionality uh, of surrender. Because sometimes we feel like our hands are forced or we are born into this. No, it's more than that. You need to choose to be with God. And when you do, you realize he chose you a long time ago. Uh, he wants to be with every single human that's on the face of the earth, but he's never going to force us. Well, what a loving picture we have of, of who God is. Uh, it's true. That. It's true. Well, Michael, I, 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 yeah, this was an exciting lesson. I hope we can take more about Jesus and reflecting his love and his life, but also his ministry and take it upon ourselves to do the same. Yeah. And the more we do that, I believe God's going to, through his love and grace, uh, open our hearts and then create opportunities uh, for others as they're receptive to hear the gospel message. Amen. Amen. Well, it looks like uh, this is another week. It's Soup and Swoops signing out. Signing out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personable colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.